0: all right welcome back this is another episode of the troublemakers podcast um i've got a super cool guest those of you that don't know tim tim edge is a rodeo announcer is a dad is you know what he's an all-around awesome dude you see i promote Tim on my social media all the time we crossed paths last year, and since then, I've been like, this guy and I should have been friends like my whole life. So, without my bumbling introduction, Tim, Hello. tell the tens and tens people who you are. Well, I'm sure that you've got
1: more than tens and tens of people, but uh, yeah, my name's Tim Edge. I currently reside a little bit north of Rimby, Alberta. I am a rodeo announcer by trade. Trucker, when I gotta be, and uh, we have a family just outside of town there. I live completely off grid, and I just finished um performing at the Canadian Western Agribition. I announced the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals there.
0: Agribition, that's uh, it's a, it's a place for me and Jess. Jess and I, that's where we met you. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I actually got you know in your career you have those moments that are like the big turning points um agribition was mine i had a video that went super viral from agribition years ago and it kind of opened a lot of doors for me and it seems like every year we're at agribition we we meet new people we make new friends and uh yeah it's it's always a spot for jess and i
1: sweet yes it's great Agribition has become a really cool community for myself anyway. um, They took a chance on hiring me quite a while ago for their rodeo when it came pro again. And, uh, you know, they could have gone with the guarantees, you know, the guys that have the reputations already and the guys who are uh, the big wheels. Because I wasn't a big wheel at the time and they have likewise opened a lot of doors for me by trusting me with A rodeo of that size and caliber because as you know, what is the Pat Arena there? The Brandt Center holds about 7200 people And mm-hmm. uh, we fill it four nights in a row and that's that's a lot on a guy's plate. So <clears throat> They were uh, good enough to take a chance on me and a guy named marty seymour was the ceo then and when you talk about connections, I had met him because he was taking a roping school my brother had put on. And uh, then he became CEO of Agribition. And then he called me. And uh, and as the cookie crumbled now, then he was the CEO of FCC, Farm Credit Canada,
0: who my brother-in-law works for. So, yeah, it's a small world. I... I I understand, like, I mean, obviously I'm not an active rodeo person, um, but my best friend is a team roper, his wife has done rodeo all through high school, that sort of thing, and it's crazy to me how, like, intertwined that community is, right? Like, I was talking to you, and then it turns out we know a lot of the same people, whereas, you know, a year and a half ago, we had no idea who each other were, Right. And that's something um, that
1: I really enjoy about Rodeo is the community. Like, we're, as I was, you know, we see each other on weekends, but I'm closer to a lot of people that I see on every other Saturday than I am to people in my own community who live a mile away.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to pause the, for a second. I'm the, hearing
1: a scratch every now and then, like a the, right there. Uh,
0: it's probably on my end, but it's okay. It just happens. Okay. You can chop that out of there. I can try. Okay, go ahead. Um, The, the thing, I guess, with me that I, I really noticed this year, and I've really been drawn to in, in the rural community, is how, like, everyone is there for each other. Everyone knows each other. Everyone helps everyone. Um with the event on the weekend, like it really, it, it spoke volumes to Jess and I, when there was the horse that had like the rope wrapped up a tiny bit. And within like two seconds, there was cowboys everywhere. And the focus was, let's get the calf and the horse and get it separated, get everyone good. But it was just that like instinct to, to jump and to help and to, you know, do do what needed to be done.
1: And I mean, and that, that, that's what the community's like. And that's part of my, well, I don't know how you want to push, mission statement, if you will, with what I'm doing. I'd like to, I'm trying to connect urban to rural so that the urban folks can see and understand how tight knit our communities are and somehow take away from that a little bit. Like, I'm just trying to communicate with urban folks and not doing it with these social media hits and doing it with podcasts and stuff like this to just show the world that we're not a bunch of, you know, hellbound hillbillies coming to town and tearing stuff up, you know, once in a while. That we know, we're all the same kind of thing, and we're all looking at the one common goal. And in this case, it's a good quality of life, right?
0: Right. Um, So my dad, we ran into my dad and my stepmom at Agribition which is really crazy because neither of them are rural people. So we ran into them and we're like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, we came a couple years ago. We had such a great time. Um, It was so entertaining. They're like, we don't know the ins and outs of rodeo, but to watch it and to see it and to see it all, they're like, it was amazing. So, I mean, hats off to you guys for putting on... A show for the people that have, you know, no idea the difference between, you know, tying knots and different roping and, you know, it, it, it really does engage with a, a wide amount of people.
1: Well, and that's, that's the goal. Like we're trying to, at the end of the day, we're trying to convert dollars into entertainment value for all kinds of people from all walks of life so you're getting the hardened seasoned rodeo fan that have been everywhere done everything you're getting the parents and the uncles of the contestants and you're getting you know somebody from downtown moose jaw that has no idea and so to cover all those right. bases and to hear we are covering those bases, that's just fantastic like that's that's the feedback when it comes like that, is is great, and I make sure I spread that news around too. So thank you.
0: Hey, I always give credit where it's due. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When we were when we were getting ready to sit, I remember talking to you, like prior to the event. We're like, oh, we got tickets, but they're not together. Um, so we got there, and there was this older couple that were behind us, and they were nice enough to move around so just and I could sit together. But we got talking to them before the show started and they they had said they'd been married for like 52 years and they'd been to 51, you know, agribition rodeos and now they're bringing their grandkids and their kids and it's like a family outing for them. Um, and the funny part, like Jess is a social butterfly. So by halfway through the performance, these people were like inviting us to sit with them next year and oh we've had such a great time and it was, it was neat because you you were kind of like for that time you were accepted into like someone else's big family right they're like this is this is great you're welcome to come sit with us next year and myself and the older gentlemen were telling rodeo tales and for me I mean it took me back to watching this, the Frontier Days rodeo with my grand. And that is
1: one of the pillars that Agribition stands on is creating a space for a community to get together for a week. And you're going to get to see your friends that live in, I don't know, somewhere north of Prince Albert, for example. So people make a point of coming to Agribition, getting together while they can. And it becomes an institution, right? And that's, uh, that's just awesome. So people that never see each other outside of that week are fast friends and, you know, only communicate by telephone the rest of the time. It's just a great, a great way to come
0: together. and everybody... mm-hmm. Like for Jess, I remember telling you early, yeah, early on in our friendship, after watching the rodeo, Jess was like, I'm addicted Hello? to this. Like, this is so exciting, and for me, it was great because you put on, you guys, and you being, you being the ringleader, um, put on such a show that it captivated my wife, who never watched rodeo, ever, but now I have a partner when Calgary Stampede is on, that's what we do. We sit down, and, you know, Jess is even getting good at, like, guessing scores, and it's like this is all from one day, one event and now I have like I'm surprised she hasn't tried to convince us to buy a horse. Well she has but well if yeah, you know, you're uh, feeding enough animals around there right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we only have, you know, four dogs, two fosters, two cats. Mhm. It's uh but yeah, it's like I think I, I think you of. guys are yeah. doing a great yeah. job to to reach to like the urban people and and really raise awareness. You know, I think, I think That's with something... rodeo especially, it's it's something that people need to to see and to understand before they they judge it. Right. You know, like it's a bad thing, um, because I mean we're animal people. There's no about devo- no ifs ands about it. Jess and I are, are huge animal people, but knowing now the level of care that the animals get. um, It's amazing. Like I didn't realize that there was, you know, large animal massage therapists and chiropractors and acupuncturists. Like the the animals are treated as they are as top level athletes. And that's, that's because they are. And, And they're not, it's
1: not just because of their value as a, asset it's because the better they feel the better they perform but you start developing relationships with an animal like that and just because you can't ride it or you're not you know it's not your typical horse it bucks for a living and it tries to remove people from its back you still develop that relationship with them like i know bucking horses it'll it'll come right up to you you know like i got a neighbor that raises them and Heck, most of them are, most of them are just as quiet as anybody's saddle horse in the country, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. Like our neighbor, she's, uh, <laughs> she actually has some of the more famous ones come to her place on and off and she keeps them in shape. She's got them on special diets and she uh, exercises them. And so they have to go out and get run around a round pen a little bit. And um, there's one, especially one called Pedro that He's, uh, as we say in the industry, he's an easy keeper. In other words, it doesn't take much feed to make him fat. So when he's not okay. working, he's at her house getting exercise twice a day. So, you know, he's, uh, there's a lot of nuances to it. And the better care you take of them, the better care they're going to take of you, obviously, right?
0: Right. The, that I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and I mean, I'm by far no expert, but I know I've been learning a lot just about the ins and the outs and the behind the scenes and I mean never once was I like you know what I'm, I'm anti rodeo because I'm not you know <laughs> aside from the event itself there's so much else at play like there's education there's you know it it, it to me I guess it's it's a, it's a huge part of Western Canada at least you know all yeah. of us are only a few generations away from the farm at most.
1: And that's one thing that agribission does really well. They, like, when I get there on Tuesday for rehearsals and then through Wednesday as well, the first day, there are buses after buses with kids coming in there to take tours. And it really gives those kids that grow up in the city of Regina that are three generations away or whatever, where else are they going to actually learn where their food really comes from, whether it be the grain expo, whether it be the beef shows, like eventually they have to learn somewhere along the line that we kill animals for our food. That is just the way it is. And I think they're shocked a little bit, but if you don't learn that you're, you're never going to, you're never going to succeed. So bringing, bringing the children there, to a thing like this is really quite eye opening, I think, but it, it grounds them so they they have the knowledge that they need to move to the next step. So many Yeah, I so many young people in today's world I think are grounded indoors. Like they go home to a house, they go to school, they're never really outside, and to combat that, they're often in a virtual world as well, whether they're even through COVID, you know, they're online learning, and then the entertainment mm-hmm. is in a TV or a movie, and they need to get out and do stuff, and I think that's very, very healthy for a brain, you know?
0: Absolutely. The I, I should be a spokesman for Aggribution, but even God. seeing... Because I'm, I'm all about moments, right? You know that about me. I'm about like impactful lines or impactful moments. Um, so when we were talking before the show about Bo Burn Bo retiring, right? Um, what was the gentleman we were talking to? I'm bad with names. Dennis Halstead, the rodeo clown, but, actually, yes that's it I I'm like the worst with names but talking to Dennis and listening to him talk about Bo I know Bo from a different world um but to hear Dennis say like I've had the privilege of working with four generations of these guys Mm -hmm. like of this family in this profession and I was just like it kind of hit me where it's like holy you know that's that's a long time, and that's a lot. And there's not a lot of other industries or businesses or anything where it's like four generations and still going on. But I find in the in the country world, it's common, right? You have family farms, you have grandpa working with his son working with his grandson on the land that, you know, their grandpa kind of set up and it's interesting to me that you know it is so it's everyone's so rooted in their roots but in a good way yeah
1: and and that's why I think the rodeo community is so tight-knit in a way because we've been doing it for generations like my grandfather was friends with people who I'm friends with his grandchildren right like you know, streeters and Keeleys and everything kind of comes down. There's a pile of people that I ran around with as a kid who my dad ran around with their dad as a kid who, you know, all the way back to the grandparents sort of thing. And that's, that's, that's the way it is around here. I mean, that's the way we are. And so that's what keeps it going as a community is the, the lifetime
0: friendships that are forged as youths. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm I'm all about tradition. Like we, you and I were talking earlier while well, you're getting your pedicure. Um, <laughs> Jess this <laughs> year has taken on the the role of learning all of like our family food traditions. So she's been working at yes. it for a few years. But I mean, if that stuff's not passed on, it stops. Exactly. And so, I uh, I, I think it's important.
1: My grandfather, well, my great-grandfather really wasn't a rodeo guy because it didn't really exist as an organization. But my grandfather was. You know, he won Calgary Stampede, like, six times and judged it for 30 years. And that, and, I mean, he was a rough stock guy. Horses and whatnot. And that, that's what got my uncles and my dad into it. My dad just would rather have been a roper, so we, we rope. Um, and then me and my brother, my brother competed for oh, I think he's got eight or twelve qualifications, to the Canadian finals, and I'm thinking that they gave him tie-down rope and horse of the year like seven times with a big bay horse they call Sid. So and uh-huh. then I <clears throat> I do this and, and I've always I never aspire to be at low level of anything. So obviously I I work hard at it. So here we are now, right? In my My son already, you know, he's a well a year and year and what seven months old, and he's been to every rodeo that I've been to in the last two years.
0: So that knows what's going on already, too, right? Mm Hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy, especially now, right in this in this time where everything's changing. The world is changing. That there is aspects that you know, don't change. Um, I I remember quite clearly when I first met Jess's parents. So Jess is from Ontario, but she has a a traditional Polish family. But they thought that it was like different that I still say yes. And like, sir and ma'am, even if I'm going through -through. Mm drive-through. And I said, but I was raised by my grandparents. Like when I was really young on the farm. So if you didn't use your manners, you learned your manners quick. Yeah. And I I mean there's such there's such a weight in that, you know, of of saying please and saying thank you and it not being forced. It's just that's the way everyone else is. And that's part I think of for myself, that's part of my adventure that I, I don't think I'll ever shake. I don't think I'll ever not do stuff in the country i mean if you give me an opportunity to do anything farm related livestock related rodeo i will be in it in a minute because it's it's a culture i like being submerged in and that's why i like
1: promoting what for is a lack of a better term the western way of life because we are losing it and we're losing it quick. And we're losing it because there are population centers that can outvote us and don't understand where their food comes from. Right. They, they don't understand that a carbon tax is crippling to a business that puts food on your plate. And that trickling down to you sucks. But while you're voting for it, you maybe don't understand that.
0: True. For example. I... We're in the background because one of the fosters is deciding to give everyone heck. I can, um, I can hear there's a, there's a bit of a scolding going on, yes. She's tiny, so she's decided that she's the heck giver around the house. Cats, well, okay. dogs, <laughs> wind... Um, around my birthday, I always do, and I, I haven't talked, I talked about this a little bit, but I always kind of keep it pretty pretty chill. Um, around my birthday, this year especially, uh, I was just feeling out of sorts. So I just did like a pilgrimage, we could say, back to the farm, like my grandparents' farm, that sort of stuff. I brought a camera, I was just taking photos of stuff that was important to me. Um, and it really dawned on me that, like, if I don't get these photos now, there's no guarantee that those buildings are going to be there. Like, they've been replaced. There's, You know, there's a new co-op. The corner store that I always went to has, like, long been abandoned. And it really hit home with me. Small towns are becoming obsolete. And it's yeah. unfortunate you know, where you used to have grain elevators and every tiny town had, you know, a co-op and a couple grain elevators and a post office. That's all moving. It's all moving to bigger centers. It is. It's the
1: corporatization of uh, rural North America. It's not just in Canada. It's in the States as well. And and I, I'm a firm believer that there are entities out there that are trying to urbanize all of us. They want us to be centralized and they want us to be relying upon them and are trying to squash the entrepreneurial spirit. As you know, entrepreneurialism is hard at the best of times. Oh yeah. And and when you try and do something, it feels a little bit right now that there's a boot on your throat and I don't think it's, random I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's you know meditated and there are some there is somebody out there trying to chase us all into town so that we have to you know rely on the powers that be so the more we the more we resist that the more we educate the people that have the higher population centers and the ones that are able to change the course I think the better it is. And aggravation, for example, is great for that. And it's better than a lot of them. It's better than the Calgary Stampede, for example, because Calgary is very entertainment-focused. It is not very culturally focused. So they have agriculture displays, but not to the extent of aggravation. Right. I mean, it's playing three roles, aggravation. It's giving somewhat. I mean, you know, it's it's creating a marketplace for a lot of uh, cattlemen, grain farmers, but it's also creating a a place for people to learn about other stuff out there, and that's you
0: know, and the rodeo is just the entertainment at night, really. Right. Okay, so I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask the question because I get asked this a lot um, from because we can agree that you're. You're a country boy, right? You're yep. a country man. Yep. So with
1: ooh, the ooh, insanity, that's, insanity a
0: lot. that's true. But at, at your roots, and and when you settle down, you settle down down back to the country. Yep. So what is is the consensus among the rural community with the craze that is Yellowstone? Ah. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's uh I think it was really, really good for a long time. And then Mm -hmm. it's sorta gotten hokey for me. I know that. Um the only time I can watch it is we don't have a TV at home, so I watch it now and then at my in laws, and you know, some parts are good, but some parts tend to get a little bit off. Um like rip That's fair. One rip can wrap up Brandon iron around somebody's head and they get up and walk away from it. That that's that can't be. But that's just T V.
0: Yeah they should you know? They should probably steroids check him. <laughs> if, they might if have he can to do that. They there, might there's have an to. ongoing theme on the with that's
1: right. They may have to, but I think that at the base it did a lot for Western stuff. It did a lot like what Heartland did here in Canada for for uh young people being interested in this sort of thing and that's where we got to start is catching them catching them young and educating them as to well the way things really are like it's not your your beef doesn't actually come from the store you know it gets sold there but that's not what it started out as your milk is an actual product that comes from an animal your cheese is an actual product that comes from an animal and so on and so forth.
0: Great. Right. the There's an ongoing theme on this new season of Yellowstone that it kind of got with it it kind of hit with me um, because it's happening in the in, I'm sure all over, but I know obviously my area more. So Kevin Costner is like daily defending his land. So everyone wants his land for like an airport or a casino. Or this sort of thing. Um, and that's a real concern. Like, where I am, um, the big farmers are paying, you know, way more per acre than the land's worth just to have more land. So that means, you know, the like, my uncle, who's a single like individual farmer. That, my, phone, my phone rang. Oh. Yeah. Um, seeing someone like my uncle, you know, like our farm's been in the family over a hundred years now. And it's like, he can't grow because he can't compete with the farms that have 10 brand new combines every year. And I mean, it's also lucrative when they show up and they're like, we'll pay you 10 times what your land is worth to sell us this little piece. And it's like little piece after little piece. And then, you know, there's not, a family farm it's a corporation so it's that, the that apart from right? Yellowstone this year pardon me sorry and yeah it's the corporatization that's that, that's doing it yeah yeah it's it's in our area it's it's kind of crazy because like when my grandpa started farming this other man is like the same age as him and they were they were like farmer buddies but farmer rivals you know, one was on one side of town, the other was on the other. Um, my grandpa was, do you remember the old movie, like, City Slickers? Yep. With, um, like, Chevy Chase and those, there was the, this old character. But that was my grandpa. He was just, like, simple, the word, like, the world worked on, you didn't need to talk too much, he just said what you needed to say. Stoicism. But he also kept. He yeah, he also kept our farm like you only need this much. Whereas the other person, they were like, Oh, we need this and we need this and we need this and we need this and it was like it's crazy to see like the tales of two farmers, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh I watching Yellowstone sometimes I'm like, this is this is a bit much or this is kind of a hard Hard way to get the point that they're trying to get, but I think the the one the one theme that I find that I I find a lot of, of validity in is, you know, the animals are their their primary care is is the pinnacle of it, right? Like the yeah the the animals will eat before we do, and it's like that's that's true. To me, like from it what is. I know of country life, it is that's, because you that's got... it. That's and they're your.
1: It's kind of dual edged. Like they're your source of income. That is your commodity. That is your cash flow. But mm-hmm. then there's this attitude. And uh, sorry, I'm just dodging around antelope. There we go. And there's this attitude of emotional connection to animals that it is just the way you do it is you take care of everything else before you take care of yourself and i mean i've been right told that my whole life your horses your whatever and i think it just it just kind of gets learned by osmosis and it's good that really good that a show like that is emulating what actually happens they may Pour a little too much sauce on it; it might be a little too hyperbolized. But at the same time, hyperbole is good when you're trying to reach masses.
0: Absolutely the the, the more you can make it palatable, by the more the the bigger picture. I mean, people are going to get into it. I like I see people I had no idea have no anything about cowboy culture, cowboy world, anything like that, and they're you know, now talking about different farming techniques or, you know, this isn't that, this isn't as bad as we thought, you know, okay. this isn't this mass exodus of animals and, you know, it's, it is a way of life. It is, it, it, it's a product, but still it's a lifestyle. It's, you know, from your grandpa to your dad, to you, to your son and, everything in between so it's it's far more than just what i think a lot of the generalized people think right it is and whenever you've got something
1: that's multi-generational it is so deep so nuanced and there's just a lot to it that people it's hard to explain it in one or two sentences
0: mm-hmm. it's i know a hell of a life as as he says on there you No. Know? Yeah, like I know with Jess, Jess has always appreciated being able to go to our friend's farm. I always appreciate it because I mean, I always just feel better. You know, you take those for me, I take an afternoon, take out the dogs, disconnect and just get back to the world. Um, But I think for Jess, it was it was a really good thing for her to be able to, you know, see my friend's wife working with her dad. And, you know, Jess is. Jess has flipped calves. Jess is branded now. She's rode a horse. So I think she has more of a a deep appreciation for all of it, where it's like, it's five in the morning, blizzarding, and, you know, my friend sends a snap. Oh, shit, our water bowls are frozen. It's not a go back to bed. It's a, I guess we're getting these thought out now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good. I mean... It, that, that stuff needs to happen. You do
1: 100% of what you have to do all the time. And there's just, it's not just a, a company or you're not a number. You're, you're, you know, you've got, in some cases, a thousand souls relying on you for food and shelter that day. And, yeah, I mean, it, it that... obviously affects the bottom line. But who can stand to see something shivering when it doesn't have
0: to? Right. You know, nobody really. And if like you it. can stand it, you shouldn't be in. You shouldn't be in that industry. Exactly. Hundred percent. So, Kay, I the puppies are acting up more. So I think I'm gonna have to cut <laughs> this one out and uh, arrange a puppy WrestleMania. Right. So thanks for being on here. Thanks for being awesome, man. Like, oh, Jeff and I always for... appreciate you guys being in, in our circle, being our friends. It's, well, uh, it's greatly appreciated. It's always nice having really good people. It's uh, too far around to just come for the
1: weekend. But anytime you're out, stop, say hi. Um, I live in the middle of a quarter section with a bunch of trees, and you can go walk and get lost and bring all your dogs.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine a car ride with all of them. Hey. It would be okay uh, so fun. everyone listening oh your little boy would love it though yeah <laughs> okay so everyone listening follow Tim I'll attach his socials um learn learn where your food comes from learn about agriculture um be an informed consumer you know not everything is as bad as everyone makes it seem Everything has a purpose and learn where your food comes from. Reach out to your friends. um, Follow Tim. Tim is hilarious. He's awesome. He's got all kinds of crazy things. Even every once in a while, he'll pop out a video where he's doing rope tricks. So (laughs) thanks, Tim, for being on. (laughs) You should, but they're pretty cool. So thank you for being on. You're the best. I hope your pedicure was awesome, and we'll talk soon. See you later. Excellent. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. See you later.